0: oklahoma business down in El reno they're also in bethany as well so people in the bethany area know the diffies really well but if you're looking for anything new used um ford lincoln or whatever i'm sure they could find anything you want um check them out diffieford.net and then on instagram at diffieford lincoln this episode is presented by citizens bank of edmund citizens bank of edmund has been serving edmund since 1901 they pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond, as well as go bank there, because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think, and it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people, and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password, because I seem to forget it daily Um, so yeah go to citizens Edmund and um, check them out it's been awesome what's up guys welcome back to another episode of this is Oklahoma my coon here host back with another episode it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you my guest today um, current Miss Oklahoma sunny day hello thank you so much for being on the podcast Uh, we're having a great start here I'm chopping in front of you and I'm kicking the camera but it's fine it's fine we're doing good (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you just got back
1: I did, I just got back from Miss America I yeah. was there in Orlando for 10 days
0: I mean, based on the current temperature of Oklahoma You spent a great, there was a great time to leave
1: Oh, it was amazing, coming home was kind of brutal It was really yeah. cold when I got off the plane And I was in a tennis skirt and a tank top Didn't know what I signed up for
0: <laughs> Didn't check the weather when you came no, back to Oklahoma. No, I Lyon, did not Oklahoma. Love that uh, I mean this how was it like you're coming you're sort of in the middle right coming in the middle say sec, yeah middle to end of your year yep. being um, you ended June um yeah how was it
1: it was an amazing experience I think little Sunny would be very proud um you know my biggest goal going into Miss America was to really soak up the experience and to be present and I feel like part of that was kind of taken from me because they really pushed social media. And as a 28 year old, the oldest of the bunch at Miss America this year um, and a teacher, I'm very against social media. I know if you look at my Instagram, it looks like the opposite, but it's part of the job of being Miss Oklahoma. But I, it was a lot of pressure having to post everything and kind of having 75% of my experience behind a phone when I would have rather like had in-depth conversations with the girls and been able to journal about my experience and really soak up the fact that I was at Miss America for my one and only opportunity. Um, But the most rewarding part was really getting to connect with the women. So in high school, I was really heavily bullied by women um, at school. And so I've always been intimidated by girls and really had trust issues with them. And so for the first two days, I was really isolated. I'm kind of a timid person and have really bad social anxiety. But once I finally kind of let that barrier down and allowed myself to open up and get to know the girls, I mean I've made best friends. We're planning a trip in February to go hang out with Miss America um, Maddie, and then we're also planning to go to the Kentucky Derby together. So I'm really excited um, about these friendships that I've made, and hopefully there'll be my wedding and I'll be in there so the best part of it was really the camaraderie that I got out of it
0: yeah yeah the the being 28 in Mm a world of like what 19 to 23 year olds right yeah kind of like and and even that you know it's not a huge age gap but it's just enough to where they grew up totally different to you did
1: one hundred percent. I kind of called myself the grandma of the group. Um, I have much of a mother complex anyways. I grew up raising my brothers and sisters with my mom and being a teacher. But um, there, was, there were several instances where I kind of had to put myself in check because you have to imagine there's 51 girls. There's some cattiness. It happens. And every time there <laughs> there was, there was one instance where there was kind of a dinner that got awkward because two girls were kind of getting snappy with each other. And the next day I made them sit with me at brunch and made them make up. So sorry, girls, um, for playing mom all week. But um, again, it was my goal for everyone to get along and to get to know each other. But being 28 in that world is very hard. And I I also say, like, I grew up really fast. So even at 16, 17 or 18, I had the mentality of a grown woman because I had to grow up so fast. And so I kind of felt like I didn't quite fit in at first um, until, like I said, I allowed myself to open up and get to know the girls. Maddie Marsh, who Miss America is 22 years old, but she's incredibly mature. She's um, graduated from the Air Force Academy. And so I really got to connect with her. Um, and there were two other women who were 27 years old. So it was nice for the grandmas to get to hang out together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it must be, you know, it's it's an eye opener, right? When you're in that kind of just such a condensed environment, you know, you got 51, um, you know, of, of, of the, the country's most beautiful women, right? Or young women, and but also there is there is a lot of personality, there is a yes. lot of sass, there oh, is a yeah. lot of like, you know, not to say that it's like cutthroat, mm-hmm. but like you know, and also that might be that that's a, that's that's your one shot, I guess, right? And some of these people, it's it's like it's life for them, right? exactly. And, and I get the feeling from you, it's just like no, it's, it's a great experience, yeah. but the older you, you know, because you're a little older, it's like you know, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy this experience, but this isn't
1: my identity. I think a big thing that kind of kept me at peace all week is I like to call myself the biggest loser in pageant land. So obviously I'm 28. I won really late because I lost like a million times. So I lost 11 pageants before I finally won miss Oklahoma. And in 2021, I actually aged out. So I placed fourth runner up in 2021. The cutoff was 25 at the time. So I knew what it was like to already have this chapter close on me. And so for me, not winning miss America, I was like, I've been through it. I can handle it. Um, um, and I also know that timing is everything. So if it's not my time, then that's perfectly fine. But I also, I think being a 28-year-old and having a career, I've been teaching for six years. So I had something to look forward to when I came back home. It's not like I was going to come home and be like, well, what now? I've, everything I've put all my life into is now gone. I was like, no, I have a home. I have a family. I have a career and education to look forward to and five more months of being Miss Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. Do So a lot of people then... That your competition, let's just say, you know, the other fifty women who are there, uh, a lot of them kind of do this like during college or between college. They haven't really set themselves out in the world yet to become an adult
1: exactly exactly so for a lot of them they go straight into I'd say they start at like 16 or 17 some most of the girls that competed with at Miss America were teens previously so some of these girls have been competing for 14 years you know and so that's really all that they know and like I said having those two years where I was aged out and didn't have pageants in my life I realized that life really is greener on the other side and I'm fine without it. Um, winning Miss Oklahoma was a blessing, and I'm so honored to be Miss Oklahoma. Um, but I know that whenever I give up my title in June, I still have so much in life to look forward to. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, why did you decide to keep coming back after, like, saying you're that you you call yourself the biggest loser? Hmm. What's what's in you that says you know what, I'm going to do this again and again and again?
1: I like losing. Um, I know that sounds so weird. And that's something that I've really been trying to tell the class of 2024 for Miss Oklahoma is um, at the end of the day, one girl walks away, whether there's 30 contestants or there's 51. And I always tell girls, prepare yourself to lose. Um, There's a lot of growth in losing. Every time I walked off that stage and I was not Miss Oklahoma, instead of critiquing myself, I actually asked people. I would ask people in the audience. I would ask the judges, what did I do wrong? Because I love to grow and I want to become a better person and a better candidate, and so asking people for advice really, but um, I wanted to come back because I wanted to prove to myself, to my siblings and my students that someone like me can be Miss Oklahoma. I don't come from a very privileged background, you know. I have I was raised by a single mom. My dad was living on the streets, and he was addicted to drugs for 18 years of my life, and I had to grow up really fast. I started working at 14, and so, I, you know, I told this story in my Miss America interview. They asked me specifically, um, "You're not typically the kind of girl that competes at Miss America. Why is that special to you?" and All week at Miss America, I heard all the other contestants talk about how they would sit in their living room and watch Miss America and say, that's going to be me. And I did not. I would watch Miss America, but I never once looked at her and I was like, oh, yeah, Sunny's going to do that. Um, I didn't see value in myself, you know, growing up in Section 8, surviving off of food stamps those weren't the kind of women that I saw on stage. And so I wanted to be something different to show my brothers and sisters and to show my students that if you work hard and you get yourself back up, whether you lose 10 times or whatever, um, that you can accomplish your dreams. And I'm really proud of myself. And I don't think a lot of women say that enough, that they're proud of themselves, but I'm really proud of this year. I'm proud of the fact I went to Miss America and Today, when I walked into Miss Oklahoma or to my classroom, I had so many kids tell me it was kind of a knife. It's they said, I'm so glad you lost because I was afraid you were never going to come back. Oh. I was like, Well, that kind of hurts, but I also love it. So thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks, kids. Like, <laughs> exactly. Thanks, like, well, you know, eight, nine year olds for yeah. giving you complete truth, right? Yep. You can always rely on that, <laughs> as yep. kids for complete truth. <laughs> um, so that drive in you, does that come from, like, it, it, I, I, I would, and this is an assumption, but just listening to what you just said, now being raised by a single mother... Is mom kind of like your shining light, your example of like, hey, I raised, you know, you and your siblings yeah. like that is why you do you have so much drive in you?
1: You know, it's it's both of my parents okay. and a lot of people wouldn't assume that my dad, given his background and, you know, the fact that he left when I was 10. Um, but them for both reasons have motivated me and inspired me. My mom, because I saw her work three jobs, you know, and take care of an infant and two little girls who were absolutely bonkers. Um, and she still loved us and poured into us. And she still, even if she wasn't, she still looked happy. And then my dad, um, I wanted to continue to fight for my dreams because I wanted him to know that if he works hard, he can change his own life in his own way. And um, my dad's been sober for a year and a half now. And so um, he actually got to go to Miss America, which is really special. Um, you know, when I competed in 2021, my dad was still addicted to drugs and living on the streets. And I'm really glad I didn't win then because I don't think my dad would have been able to go to Miss America. Because after my sight was off of the crown per se I was really able to pour into my family and I was able to get closer with my dad and we had a really hard conversation one time where I finally told him like you've got to fix this or I'm going to lose you and I'm I'm strong when I'm not strong enough for that and that conversation I think kind of changed both of our perspectives and he turned his life around and two years later he has a job he has a home he's sober and he got to watch meet miss america yeah
0: yeah that's really cool and, and it sounds like you've taken on that role of like not only an example to your kids as a teacher to your siblings but also to an, to your dad and the mm-hmm. older generation too it's like yeah. most people say you know i'm going to lead by example or i'm going to be example when people think of that they think of an example to a younger generation mm-hmm. they don't think the opposite yeah so it's neat that you like you know you, you have you're that example to anyone mm-hmm. really and you so. kind of find yeah and you kind of find strength in that and yeah. you know on days where man it's just tough
1: yes right? I'm sure <laughs> you've
0: been through a lot of those you yes. know you look yourself in the mirror you're a teacher at obviously Western Heights we'll talk to you in a bit but there's got to be days you're like remember why you do this
1: absolutely right? yep and I have a sticky note in my backpack that reminds me why I do everything yeah. because those hard days come more often than not and I like to pull that sticky note out and remind myself yeah. that this is not always about me it's about my siblings it's about my family and it's about my students mm-hmm.
0: so what comes first at a young age is it the love for teaching or is it the love for pageants
1: Love for teaching. Now, I did not know I wanted to be a teacher until a week after I graduated from college. Um, I knew that I loved kids. Um, obviously, you know, grew up being very close with my siblings and helping them kind of navigate their way through life. But I, being the first person in my family to graduate from high school, when I walked onto campus at OU, I had no idea what in the world to do I didn't know how to pick a major and so I kind of was at this crossroads and finally I said I'm I like to talk and I like people so I'm going to pick communications I don't know and then I did my first pageant my senior year of college and all of a sudden I thought I wanted to work in fashion so when I graduated I did an internship in New York Fashion Week and hated it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am not, I'm getting lost. These people don't want to talk to me. I want to go back home. So when I came back to Oklahoma, the Oklahoma teacher walkout was happening. Yeah. And as you can probably tell, I like to call myself a healer, not a fixer. Um, I like to heal things. And so I went to the Capitol. I took my brother and sister with me and we were protesting for our teachers. And I just felt it in my heart that that's what I needed to do is I needed to be a part of something that everyone else was really walking away from. And so I did a lot of research on how I could become emergency certified when I got home and took my test, passed them, and then researched what schools I I wanted to work at and I wanted to work with kids that had upbringings like mine so I found Western Heights and it's been my home for the past six years
0: yeah uh, so many ways we can take this which I love uh, so you're at OU mm-hmm. you walk in and you're like just I mean, pff, wow, yeah. like, this place is massive. I've never been in you know, unfamiliar territory. Were you an OU fan growing up in Norman before that?
1: I was, like, yes. It fan? was the only place I wanted to go to school. Okay. Yeah, lot,
0: I assume a lot of people in high school were going that way, and your girlfriends, guy friends yep. were going there as well. So you set foot on campus. You said, I'll pick communications.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, before that pageant moment... What do you think you are going to do? Like, while you're in college, you're doing communications. Like, what do you think that, what's Sunny's career going to be like? What do you think you're going to do?
1: I had no idea. I think I was waiting for the universe to fly me into the right direction. Yeah. I knew I wanted to talk, and I knew I wanted to work with people. And everyone was like, well, communication's the easiest route, and there's no math. And I was like, sign me up. Because yeah. I am not a math girl. That's why I teach English. Um, but I think I wanted to do some form of public speaking, which is cool, because I literally do that every day in my classroom. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I'm the same way, I can't, I'm a golfer so I can count <laughs> to about 70 yeah. and uh, anything other than that, I, yeah, I'm yep. just, uh, I, I chose a, mar- I have a marketing degree and I chose that because it was one less accounting class. Exactly. So yeah, we're on the same page mm-hmm. for
1: that.
0: Um, so tell me about just life at OU and how that was for someone who's first generation, graduating high school, um, going to college and doing communications. <sighs>
1: It was very overwhelming and it was really lonely. So I was at OU on Oklahoma's Promise, which is a scholarship that's given to Oklahoma kids who fall below the poverty line. Um, And so I couldn't afford to do anything like a sorority. I wasn't involved in any clubs. I wasn't involved in sorority, no sports. I was working full time. So for me, it was, I was just a student. I didn't feel like I belonged um, because I wasn't a part of anything. And I didn't really get to connect with any other students on campus because I went straight from class class to work and then I would stay at my dorm and I would wake up early in the morning and still drive to my mom's and pick up my brother and sister and take them to school. Um, So I was... Still doing normal sunny things, but I was, um, I do wish that I had more of a college experience and I'm kind of envious of people who got to, but I'm really excited that I get to go back to school. Um, so not that I'm going to join a sorority at 28 years old, that would be a little strange. Um, but I do want to be more involved on campus, whether it's starting some sort of group of my own, but I do wish that they had more resources for kids who were first generation, um, kids going to college because it can feel really isolating
0: yeah so after you have your kind of devil wears prada moment at new york fashion week (laughs) and you think this is horrendous i'm (laughs) never doing this again um where do you go from that after that? Do you try and do another internship or, or do you decide not to? Oh,
1: no, I go straight home and I'm like, Mom, this is not for me. We need to figure something out.
0: I love clothes, but I don't want to walk, <laughs> work in the industry.
1: Yes. And now I work at a school where I have to wear sweaters and yeah. jeans every day. So, um, like that's...
0: that blue sweater and Hathaway halfway wore in the movie?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, no, I just I came home and I was like, no, this is not for me. And I think it was about a week after I got back home from New York that I went straight to the castle capital. And
0: so is that, yeah, yeah my heart
1: and mind just changed immediately.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And obviously it sounds like you know, through your story, you figure out, um, you know, that, like you have a love for teaching mm-hmm. and you, like you said, you've grown up faster than most and yep. you're already taking care of you know, your younger siblings and stuff and working. Where did you work in college?
1: I worked at a car dealership. Okay. I worked at Reynolds Ford. Um, they're no longer Reynolds. I think they're Confidence Ford now. I worked there for eight years yeah. um, and so my first job ever when I was 14, this is so funny, it was at a frozen yogurt stand. The only job I've ever been fired at <laughs> because I was eating all of the frozen yogurt. <laughs> he came in and he was like, where's all of my infant And I was like, you're looking at it. I
0: don't know.
1: (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. So I lost that job and I worked at the car dealership until I decided to teach.
0: Yeah. What was was your favorite flavor?
1: Chocolate with the brownie bits and raspberries.
0: Is the is it still there? No. No.
1: Probably because (laughs) of of me. (laughs) Oh, I
0: love that. Okay, so you go to the Capitol, you decide that teaching is for me. And you make the decision to go to Western Heights because of your background mm-hmm. and you want to help kids and, and you want to be an example to kids who grew up in a similar situation to you. Western Heights is a long way from Norman. Yeah, it is. How did your friends and family react to you deciding to drive 40 minutes, maybe more in traffic every day to go work in not the nicest part or not the best school in Oklahoma?
1: They still feel the same way. Um, They think I'm absolutely insane. My mom actually works for Norman Public Schools. So she's been trying to, and my former teachers have been trying to recruit me for a long time, which it would be ideal, much closer to home, I think a better pay, but... I just don't feel a calling there. As a student, I felt like an outcast there, and I feel like almost as an adult, I would still feel that way. Yeah. And I think one of the most important parts about being a teacher is that you're able to relate to your students, and I closely relate to them. But. Um, my close ones know my heart, and they know why I do what I do, and it's worth the 45-minute drive every day. Um, our school does start really early; it starts at seven, and I get to work at 6:30, so I have to go before 4:30 every day. Um, but like I said, it's worth it. I, I love what I do, and um, like today was just really rewarding to get to go back to work and see the welcome back sign that my students made for me it was really special. So. Um, They're not happy that I'm, like, settling for pay, per se, but which is why I'm hoping that my master's really helps me um, become a principal one day.
0: Yeah, no, and obviously you still have a love teaching, and that's the plan, the long-term plan, too. And, you know, when when you have a long-term plan, you're not in a rush as much to Mm -hmm. get to the principal. Obviously, yes, it would be nice to be a principal, and I don't doubt that one day you'll get there. But also, when you know that... You're just, there's a sense of like peace, yeah. right? Like, whereas we know, we've probably got mutual friends that, are, I definitely have mutual friends and you might have too, that are just like, I don't know what I want to do in my life. I'm in a rush. I need to get a career. I need to have kids, whatever it is. Yep. Um, but when you have that inner peace, it's like, no, I'm going to be a teacher for the rest of yep. my life. I know I'll get there. I'm in no rush. Um, go through the process and enjoy it. Then, you know, like I you said, you have days like today, you go back and the kids have made a sign for you. And yes. It's super It's nice. really special. Yeah. Yeah. So... How, you mentioned you get up at 4 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your morning routine. What's that like?
1: Sometimes it's really chaotic if my alarm um, gets snoozed yeah. seven times. But this morning I woke up. I think I was really excited. I was disappointed. I've never been disappointed about a snow day. But I was so sad. It was a <laughs> snow day yesterday because I was excited to go back and see my kids. Yeah. Um, but... I typically wake up, I take my dog on a walk early in the dark, um, make myself some breakfast, whether that's just like toast and fruit or an oatmeal. I always do my skincare routine. That's super important to me as an older woman in pageants. Um, And then I have to stop and get coffee on the way to work. Okay. Yep. And then I typically like to go into my classroom and just kind of like sit alone and meditate and get the room ready. I like to turn my lamp and my lanterns on play the nice music for whenever the kids are walking into the classroom. So it's, I like to create the environment before okay. the kids get there.
0: Uh, what dog do you have?
1: I have a boxer. Okay. And she's amazing. Yeah. She's an old lady. She's eight years old.
0: It's, there's a theme here. Yeah, exactly. Old, <laughs> old ladies stick yeah. together.
1: Uh, what's the name of your dog? Her name is Ari. Okay. Yep.
0: Why did you name it
1: Ari? Um, so my mom chose the name okay. because it was the name of her favorite character from a TV show.
0: Uh, the only Ari I can think of is Ari Gold. Yep. Is that her that is character? Oh, yes. Have you seen that series? I
1: have not. Oh, I've heard it's wanted. amazing. It's
0: fantastic. And Ari Gold is a great character, but... The total opposite to the to the to what you to the demeanor of your dog. Uh, let's just say that I love it. So t- I, I figured I yeah I figured that was um, entourage great series and the movie's great too. For anyone listening, you should definitely watch it. That's your next Netflix thing to watch <laughs> because it's um it's about Mark Warburg and his kind of like okay it's about his kind of like crew.
1: Oh, sign um, me and up. Harry
0: Gold was like his manager type person.
1: Okay. Um,
0: yeah, it's. And then if anyone doesn't want to watch the series and wants to know what, who Ari Gold is because of Sunny's mum's favorite character, just Google Ari Gold best clips on YouTube and just sit there for eight minutes and watch, <laughs> just like watch the video about 15 times. <laughs> uh, so you have a boxer. That's fantastic. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm up early. I walk the dogs pre, like early too in the dark because it's just, other than the rabbits that they like to chase, it's just... Yes, nice yes we have rabbits like, too. Right? Yes. Only in that time of the morning when it's dark. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so you get to get to school, um, obviously do your skincare routine, get your breakfast, get to school, set the mood. What like obviously, uh, you know, you've done a bunch of research around setting the mood and taking care of your kids. You know, you're not just getting there in a rush and just like because obviously if you're chaotic, they see chaos and it's not good. Mm -hmm. You get there in plenty of time. What's the morning routine like? Take me through that. Let's dive into that for a little bit, because I think it's super important. And maybe people listening can get some value out of that, even if it's just in their own house for their own kids. What's your morning routine like? You mentioned music, what type of music Mm -hmm. and like how how do you set that tone? When they walk in the classroom
1: so lighting is really important i've done a lot of research about this so i typically like to do natural lighting i'll either open up my windows and let them see the sun come up or i will do some sort of lanterns or like christmas lights that i have on my wall i always do lo-fi music um, just something real relaxing and calmly stimulating for the brain but um, when my kids do walk into the door I always have them do Wordle and that's because I'm a big fan and it helps me when I come home and I can cheat because I know the answer. Um, And then we do some sort of um, social emotional check-in. So I have them, there's different sticky notes on their desk with different emojis and they get to tell me what their emotion is just by putting it on the corner of their desk. So it's real discreet. And that for me, I'll just walk around the room and pick up their sticky notes. That way I can do a quick check-in of maybe what kids maybe need food, what kids may need a hug or just someone to talk to before they go up. About their day. And so the mornings are the most intentional part of my day because that's my opportunity to see where the kids are at. Um, maybe if they had a rough night or they didn't get breakfast in the morning or if they're tired or cranky. Um, I think it's the most important part of the day as a teacher to really see where they are and how we can assist them and help them get through the next eight hours.
0: Yeah. What's the hardest part of your job?
1: The hardest part of my job is that so many of my kids do not speak English. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like we really lack representation and bilingual teachers in our building. So I am the, this year, I'm in a new position. I'm the emergent bilingual teacher. And so one of the cool things that I do have, because I don't speak fluent Spanish, I can read it really well. I can write it. But speaking is difficult for me is, um, we have these translating devices. They're like AirPods. So they wear one, I wear one. And everything that they say translates to me in English and vice versa. So, so mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's really awesome, um, but it's kind of discouraging for me to get to see them in their other classes um, and how much they're struggling. They just kind of sit there and like twiddle their thumbs for eight hours a day, and they're not always getting the accommodations that they need. And so, my biggest goal for the next few months is to really advocate that those kids are being taken care of in the classroom.
0: Yeah, yeah, the technology to do that is fantastic. It's
1: amazing. Right? Yeah,
0: And like, I can't. Yeah, I mean, you know. Obviously, the school system in Oklahoma is clearly not the best in the country, um, but having education like that and being able for you to relate to the kids and even just understand what they're saying, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine how like far that goes.
1: Oh, it's awesome. And I, I learn from them, so I always have a deal with my students, If especially a newcomer. So we just had one come from Guatemala, and I had one a few months ago come from Honduras, and every time I teach them 10 words in English, and they can learn them, then they get to teach me five words in their language as well. And so I'm learning. I'm getting a minor in Spanish for free from these kids. So it's really neat, though, because I get to learn about their culture. We did a, um, not a Christmas party, but a holiday party right before we left for break, and they all got to bring their favorite foods from their countries. And so I love it because it's really eye-opening for me. I get to learn about them and their families. So it's really cool.
0: So... Back to um, when you decided, obviously, you want to become a teacher, and you're doing this. Where, how long between you take deciding you want to become a teacher till like day one? was it that after that summer you started? The,
1: like, I immediately started in August. I came back in the middle of June, mm-hmm. um, figured out what school I wanted to work at. I interviewed at the beginning of July and started in August yeah, and straight. I was just thrown into there. Yeah. And, uh, it was really scary at yeah. first, but I was like, eh, I was one of these kids. I've got this. So I, it's great, but <laughs> Obviously,
0: they didn't know. <laughs>
1: I, you know, And I, the bad thing is, is I'm their size. I'm, Pretty small and very petite. Um, so I remember actually my first week of being a teacher. I'm walking down the hallway and the principal's like, go back to class. And I turn around, I'm like, I'm an adult. <laughs> so I get mistaken for a child all the time. It's very flattering. So I love it.
0: Yeah. They keep that for as long as possible. Exactly. Right? You know, like, I'll take yeah, it. I'll take it for sure. <laughs> so yeah, you dive in. Um, but at this point, obviously you kind of, in the last year, I guess you you know, of this the current era, this time that you're doing, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've done a pageant already. Yep. Talk to me a little bit about that. Let's go. I know we're kind of flip flopping back between pageant life and teacher mm-hmm. life, but this weaves in with your entire story. So I don't mind it. Um, You did your first pageant your senior year. What was the decision to do your first pageant?
1: So I was walking on campus at OU, and I saw a flyer for free scholarships. And I was like, well, my school's paid for but I would love for my books to be paid for. So I signed up. Now, it is hilarious because I made dead last place. It was the Miss OU pageant, like dead last. I lost, like really lost. And my talent, this is whenever I knew I was different from the pageant girls. Um, They were all singing these beautiful opera pieces or playing piano and doing their Beautiful ballet, and I went up there barefoot with flowers in my hair and played the ukulele and sang somewhere over the rainbow. And they were like, Who is this hippie chick on stage? <laughs> but I had the time of my life. Raska
0: and everything. It was great, yes. Yeah. It was great. I
1: yeah. was like, Oh no. But I loved it. And that was the first time that I looked at the girl who won, and I said, What could I have done better? And she was like, I think you need to be more confident in your speaking skills and you need to work on your talent. And I was like, solid I've got it so then I signed up for my next local competition a year later and kept working at it until I finally got it
0: up until that point kind of what were your hobbies or did you have any because obviously you mentioned you kind of went to school and worked (coughs) a lot did you even have free time to kind of like focus on you know you and have me time no. Okay.
1: Um, I get that question all the time, like, what are your hobbies? And then it kind of makes me sad because I'm like, I really didn't have any. I do love to paint and I love art. Um, when my dad was around, we would do a lot of art stuff together. I love riding my bike. Um, but I feel like most of the hobbies that I developed were until I was about 10 years old. And then I once I really started to have to grow up and become a woman at a young age, I kind of stopped focusing on myself, which is... People often think that pageant people are very self-absorbed, but everything that I've done in this year's Miss Oklahoma and in my 10 years trying to become Miss Oklahoma, they've always been about other people. How can I serve other people? And so I am kind of excited um, once I give up my title to be able to f- discover myself. I don't feel like we're ever too old or it's ever too late to kind of figure out what you love. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to maybe travel or pick up some hobbies and kind of figure out what Sunny's capable of. Yeah,
0: I mean, there are seasons for everything, right? And I think that, and I'm a big believer of that, too. You know, there are seasons and times for certain things, and, and based on the way we grew up in our current situation, you know, like, you did everything you had to during, mm-hmm. you know, your, during the time and, and the situation you were in. You know, it would have been different if, like, you know, you were just, like oh, I'm going to go play tennis, I'm going to go be a runner, I'm going to go play video games, but also, like, I need to take care of my kid and my, mm-hmm. my, my siblings, and, yeah. and then, um, you know, like, all the other stuff. So, yeah, there's plenty of time for that. And, like, it's fun to have a hobby when you're older and making money, too. Exactly, right? like,
1: exactly. <laughs> you could
0: really dive into that. Yep. And so so the pageant stuff really became something that, like, you probably just dove into and found an identity
1: in. Mm-hmm. Then. I loved getting to grow. Like I said, I love losing and I'm I'm not the girl that walks off stage and cries. I'm like, okay, I like to fix and work on myself. So I'm going to spend the next year fixing on whatever I scored low in this year. Yeah. So when I found out that they raised the age limit at Miss Oklahoma, I knew that talent was my weakness. I love interviews. So I didn't have to focus on that. Evening gown's easy. You just walk in a dress. Come on. Um, and so I said, I'm going to spend the next few months focusing on talent. So I hired a talent coach and I drove to Tulsa set every single saturday and sunday and spent hours with her yeah. until miss oklahoma and everyone was very impressed when i went on that stage and it was cool because i got to perform it at miss america and i was like i worked really hard for this moment um but i just saw it as an opportunity to grow and to work on myself yeah
0: what was the did you keep the talent the same Are you I singing did. is your thing mm-hmm.
1: okay. i sang the same song at miss america that i did when i won miss oklahoma i okay. sang my man by barbara streisand
0: trying to think of that song in my head it's
1: Not from, huge Bible it's Bible from funny girl
0: okay we'll have to i'll have to google it later and so so from that like i mean we've obviously just jumped like you senior year to miss oklahoma recently but what in the growth in the between did you literally go up there every saturday for the last eight years
1: yes or is
0: it, uh, sorry six years
1: I'm so tr- just back to being terrible yeah. matt <laughs> uh, uh, yeah six just um since 2021 2020. okay. so whenever I aged out I continued to work on that because I wanted that to be my hobby so hopefully that's something maybe singing that I continue to work on yeah. um, my mom wants me to audition for the Oklahoma City Philharmonic so sick I'm like, so oh.
0: and that's kind of like the type of singing you want to get into too or is it just doesn't matter I just have a voice and I love to perform
1: you know it's funny because in 2021 everyone again told me that talent was my weakness yeah. because I sang up went up there and I sang in a imagine dragon song that is not a pageant song and i wore a black leather pantsuit with combat boots and again i think Gym i'm just girl. kind of a different type of gal i'm like i have a bunch of tattoos um and so they were like you're gonna have to soften it up and choose a pageant song so i would like to have more freedom in what i can sing yeah um maybe i'll make youtube videos i don't know but
0: which song did you sing for imagine dragon
1: um Warriors. Okay, it was from a video game. That's okay. why I was drawn to it.
0: Are you a big video game fan? <laughs>
1: um, so my partner is, and then my brothers grew up playing computer games. So I was like, "Sign me up! That Sign sounds cool." Up. Yeah. Yeah,
0: something you hear and let's go with it. Yep. So let's talk about um, you winning then. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Um, I mean, like you said, you, you like you know you're a lover of kind of. Failing, let's mm-hmm. say failing, and what you learn from failing. Obviously, nobody likes losing, but it's what you learn from that. It sounds like you love because you know you can improve from that. Tell me about um, that day, winning.
1: I was in complete shock because I've lost so much. I was re- I was ready and I was prepared to lose again. And um, what I think really helped me, other than just life experience, and I think timing is. I didn't find out that they raised the age limit till the end of February and the pageants in June. So most girls have already had their title for six months. And so I had no time to stress about it. I had no time to prepare other than to work on my talent. And I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself. I was like, you know what? I'm a grown woman. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to be myself. They either like me or they don't. And I know I'm going to survive either way. And so when I think... I knew that I was, I could feel that I was going to win before I did. It was after my Miss Oklahoma interview. So interview is one of the first things we do throughout Miss Oklahoma week. And I walked out of that interview room and I was like, oh man, I think I won. Like I could just feel that I really connected with them and I was able to to share my truth for the first time in a pageant interview. And I felt like they appreciated it. And so it made the rest of the week really relaxed because I was like, I I did the most important part of this and I did really well. Um, But whenever they announced my name, the video is hilarious because I look like I'm in complete shock and I almost fell over. And the girl who's crowning me has to like pick me back up because my feet gave out. but it was also kind of uncomfortable and awkward because I have never won anything in my life and I'm not big on attention and so everyone running up to me and literally the spotlights being on me it was a very new experience for me and I kind of didn't know how to react um, but it was awesome. it was really cool. Yeah
0: I mean it, winning's fun yeah. right mm-hmm. right. Um, and, and, you know, looking back at your story of all the hard work that you've done to get there, you know, a lot of people, like you said, would have just been, okay, it's, this is not for me, I failed, yeah. um, I'm not going to go put in the work and, and have that and go through that experience. But once you get that, then and you get that win, it's like validation of like, wow, like I, I have value, I all the hard work I've done. Means something mm-hmm. to me now, right? Yep. And it means something to all the other people that you're trying to give be an example to. Yeah, right? it's kind of for them,
1: yep. right? And I get the
0: feeling for you, you know, that we're talking now. I get the feeling that like you get your cup is filled more about you giving back to others than it is for you giving to yourself
1: absolutely which might be a good and
0: a bad thing because I'm sure there are days where you're like (laughs) you know people come up to you like you need to like just go have some me time like go have a spa day or do something for you rather than you know always pouring into others Tell me about how, like, the last six months, then, what happens when you win, um, you know, and obviously you go on kind of tour, effectively, mm-hmm. from around, you know, around the state, and, and you do that, but tell me about going on, on around the state, going to schools, and, and, but also, like, what your message, you wanted your message to yeah. be during that time, as well.
1: So, being Miss Oklahoma is really cool, because you have the freedom to really do whatever you want with yeah. your year, and the day after I won, I got up to the directors, I went to their suite, and that's usually where they say, this is kind of the plan, this is What you're going to do. And because I had been doing this for so long over the past 10 years, I have accumulated a business plan. I was ready to go. So I pulled out my laptop and I said, Here's my 40 page business plan. This is what's going to happen. And they were so stoked. They were so on board. They're like, We've never had someone come in this room and do that. And I was like, Well, I know what I want to do. I've wanted to do this for a long time. And my main goal was to do a school tour. So I wanted to be able to impact 10,000 students by the end of my reign. And so far I've been able to go and speak to 12,000. So I've already been able to surpass my goal just halfway through my reign. Um, but. My school tour has been really unique. Um, typically, Miss Oklahoma gives kind of one solidified presentation, but I tailor mine to each group of kids. So, when a principal or a superintendent reaches out to me about what they um, that they want me to come visit, I ask them what their kids need to hear, and I create a presentation and some hands-on activities for those kids. Um, but the one that I that has been really powerful is whenever I go to high schools and I give my presentation called "You Are the Author of Your Own Narrative," and That's me very vulnerably sharing my story about where I come from. And um, it's been very moving because I have a lot of kids um, who have messaged me, direct messaged me on Instagram, who have told me about their own struggles with parents who have been incarcerated or have substance abuse. And so honestly being Miss Oklahoma for the past six months has been really healing for me because for the longest time I felt so alone in my adversity and not that I want other kids to go through the things that I did but to know that I'm not alone um, is pretty incredible and it's also really nice because I get to stand in front of these kids and say look I know exactly where you come from, and I know that it sucks. But the cool thing is, is it's completely out of your control. So it's not your fault. But what is in your control is whenever you get out and you get to create your own destiny. And so they're like, how did you become Miss Oklahoma? And I'm like, I don't know, but I did it, which means you can do whatever in the world you want to do, too. And so it's really cool to just kind of be a standing beacon of hope when I go into these schools. But when I go to elementary schools, they really just want me to sing Disney songs. So it's a totally different vibe. (laughs) like a little concert.
0: How good are you at, uh, you know, Frozen and all those things? Well, they think
1: I'm great at the Little Mermaid song, so maybe I'll go work at Disney. Maybe. (laughs) uh,
0: I've heard that's a lot of fun. I've had friends who have done that internship and found out all the secrets about Um, being at Disney. Oh, no. Yeah. And and obviously you get to do, I'm sure, obviously they loved, you know, you walking in with a business plan and, and, you know, being... I know at 28 doing it as well, right? Like that's, that's also just like shows maturity of you coming in and being like, look, I have a real opportunity to make a real impact mm-hmm. this year. I'm probably never going to get this opportunity again. Yep. Neither do I want to have this opportunity again, because <laughs> like I said, you're kind of closing that chapter, but also like, you know, it's, it's some people I'm sure that when they're a lot younger, they just walk in and they're like, okay, like tell me what I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And post on social media and go live every day and yep. like be an example and smile and and I'm sure there's others that have had an impact. I'm not saying that they haven't. But like, yeah, breath, breath of fresh air that you walk in and you're like, here we go. This is my plan. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do how do we accomplish this together? Yep. Um, you know, around all the scholarships and like stuff you get given and, you know, makeup and hair and mm-hmm. all the other stuff that like comes around with it. Like, yeah. it's like, no, like this doesn't just mean a bunch of selfies with a bunch of kids. Exactly. This is like, no, I'm going to have an impact. Yep. Um, and also just, it's a way for you to kind of Start a building block, right? To to move forward, and you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you know, in twenty years' time, like we're talking, and you're like, yeah, I, the someone I met,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: while on my tour of Oklahoma as is, is, yeah. uh, Miss Oklahoma, is like now a teacher, and and they come up to you and they say, because of you, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And maybe you you even had that stuff with some of the kids you've been teaching, right? Like, you've been doing this six years now, so some of those kids are, like, slowly getting to young adult life, Mm -hmm. getting to an age where you had to grow up really fast. Um, So, yeah, having a huge impact like that. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about um, your, you have, you have, you had next-gen under 30, under 30, Mm -hmm. education. Yep. Congrats.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Talk a little bit about that. How was that?
1: Yeah, so um, it was a huge surprise. In 2021, I actually won Teacher of the Year during the most traumatic year of teaching, truly. Um, But it was... That year was really special for me. So I was actually in the same position that I'm in now. Um, They cut a lot of jobs during COVID and they said, we need someone in the emergent bilingual position. And I said, oh my God, me? Why me? What did I do? And so I was Zooming with these kids and I had one specific kid um, who came from Honduras and he could not figure out how to get on Zoom. And there was a language barrier so I couldn't explain it to him. So finally I went up to my principal and I said, listen, This isn't working, it lacks equity, it's not fair. I'm gonna put on a mask and I'm gonna go into their homes. And she was like, you're insane. And I said, I know I am, but these kids have got to learn. So that was so amazing. Um, obviously it was a risk, but I went into their homes and the cool thing is, is I wasn't just able to teach them. I sat down at the kitchen table and I taught their parents English too. And so I think that was probably the moment whenever I got nominated teacher of the year. And then that was the same year that I got next general 30 under 30 as well. Um, I think actually another pageant girl nominated me for that Um, because they show you who nominated you. And I was like, oh, so it was another woman um, who competed in Miss Oklahoma who nominated me for that. It was a huge honor. And there were a few other people from my high school class who were there. Yeah,
0: Again, we've been doing recording for 40 minutes and there's been plenty of examples of just like there's some drive in you that's like, this is insane, right? Or your teacher's telling you this is insane or a principal or whatever. And you're like, I don't care. I'm going to do this because mm-hmm. this needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Right? And there is there is self-confidence there. There is definitely a sense of, like, there is sass there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yes. I can tell. <laughs> right? You're like, don't tell me what I can't do yep. because I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, it's all for good reason. Yep. And then you get to build a relationship not just with the kids, but also with their parents yep. and, and get on the, on the, you know, and also... They're not paying you extra to do this.
1: No. Right? Like mm-hmm.
0: you're basically I mean, we didn't depending on how we were listening and COVID and whatever we thought about it at that time, like, you know, I'm sure you had people telling you you're risking your life. Absolutely. Which they're probably like, Why are you even doing that? you know? But again, there is that part of you mm-hmm. that you cannot say no to and you that that voice inside you you cannot say no to, you cannot turn it off. Yep. That just wants to help. And back to you saying earlier you're a healer. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, obviously, there is there, that is the clear reason of doing that, going the extra mile, that you're a teacher of the year and then next-gen 30 under 30 education. Like, mm-hmm. nothing surprises Aww, me not, right <laughs> now, right? Because, like, of everything you've talked about. Um, something else that you do that we do together is you have a podcast. I do. How much fun is that?
1: I love it. It's been so cool. I actually had the former Miss America on my podcast, <laughs> I've had two Miss Americas. One was from Oklahoma, so I had to have her on there. Um, I love it because it's, you know, being Miss Oklahoma is cool, but in my own way, it kind of feels like I get to be Miss America in my own way because um, I've been able to reach like 14 different countries with my podcast, and so um, I've gotten to talk about some pretty vulnerable things. It's not all pageant-related, and so... I will be passing that podcast on to the next Miss Oklahoma, but I would love to start my own afterwards.
0: 100%. You need to do that because it's just an easy way to meet people Mm -hmm. and build connections. And that's the one thing I tell everyone I meet, um, start a podcast. Yeah. Because for me, um, it ended up becoming something totally different, but initially it was supposed to be a way to meet people and clients and build a business. Um, But it's, you know, and we know this too, like you reach out to plenty of people for, hey, I want to grab coffee or, hey, I want to meet you. And then a lot of people get asked that. Mm-hmm. Right? But at the same time, if, if you were say, hey, would you like to be on my podcast and talk about, you know, your experience, mental health, teaching, whatever, yep. whichever way you take it, it opens so many doors. Mm-hmm. And so, and obviously you're very good at talking. It's natural to you. It's not something that's like, I'm uncomfortable talking to people. <laughs> you no, know, like it, it just kind of, you have that, right? And yeah, everyone should do a podcast. It's the easiest thing in the world. Just Even if you just Zoom people and right. put that out, like it's not hard. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, I guess because you have to pass that on, that stays with Miss O. Yeah. Um, which that's cool, too, because then every year you get a new you host. Yes. You get different Pretty guests neat. and stuff. Uh, let's talk about, um, you did, well, actually, Kristen Chenoweth did a 988 Super Bowl advertisement mm-hmm. last year. Yep. Yep. Um, previous Oklahoma Hall of Famer, and obviously big in the pageant world as well, OCU grad. That's That pageant world that she's in, and obviously the 988 stuff around Mountain Health with Oklahoma, all of that clearly resonates with you, Mm -hmm. right? So tell me, because you recently, the last, you know, what, last year, last August, did an interview with them. Yep. Let's talk about that.
1: Well, I loved it, first off. I think one of the things that I really wanted to do when I won Miss Oklahoma was I wanted to be authentic and I wanted to stay true to myself and not hide any parts of myself. I think one of the cool things about being a title holder is that I get to shed light on the fact that we're human beings more than we are a title holder. And so... Getting to share my family's history about substance abuse, um, again, it was healing for me, and um, I had so many other people that listened to it that were able to resonate and relate to it, but also getting to share about my own struggles with mental health, because I think oftentimes people look at teachers even, especially title holders, and they're like, oh, her life is perfect. She probably wakes up and she's happy, and with a name like Sunny Day, people assume that I am just sunshine and rainbows every day. Um, My mom says my alter ego is Stormy Night, so that sassy side you were talking about, that's her. Um, and so you know at the end of the day I'm a human being I've gone through struggles Um, mental health is something that I struggle with every day and I think a majority of the people do and so to be able to be vulnerable and say that I'm a human being and I've lived real life problems and I struggle I think shows other people that it's okay to struggle too
0: yeah yeah no I totally agree and also yeah like there is there is kind of an expectation with a name like Sunny Mm -hmm, Day mm -hmm. right and Good and bad, yep. you know, because you've got to wake up every day, and especially when you have the title, you know, even if you didn't have the title, there would be an expectation yep. there. And, yeah, it's, you got to have those people to talk to. You've got to have that support system, and it's okay mm-hmm. to sit down and be like, you know, like, everything's not okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But, it, but speaking about it is the most important thing. Yes. And thankfully, 988 has kind of, you know, gone live last year with the call center and, and everything that they mm-hmm. do and obviously Heath and Bonnie and the team are doing a great job with getting the word out there and but it starts with a young age, doesn't it? It goes yes. back to your teaching. It starts with, you know, the ages that you're teaching. Yep. And because everyone grows up really quick, especially yes. on social media and stuff. So yeah, I can see why that really resonated with you. Um, what was the biggest takeaways from being able to to sit and you know, tell your story comfortably and, and be totally fine with being honest. And I mean, what, what do you take away from that?
1: That I probably need to do it more often. Okay. Honestly. Um, it's something that I think even, you know, even coming home from Miss America, I was, you know, kind of pressured to post all these happy-go-lucky posts um, when I really wanted to cry, (laughs) you know, like I wasn't sad that I didn't want to miss America, but of course it kind of stings a little bit and I wanted to be able to express that, but we're not supposed to. Um, And so I think it's, it kind of reminded me that I need to be more vulnerable more often. Um, And for me... I think it's important to include that in my job as a teacher. One thing that I've been really conscious of the past two years, I was really bad about it, um, put a lot of pressure on myself to be happy and put on a face every day. Kids need to know that you're human too. And so if I'm having a bad day, I write it on the board when the kids walk in. I'm like, I'm tired or I have a headache or I'm having a bad day and they respect that. Um, And it's because I respect their bad days too. And so I think it's important in any job in any role or any capacity to let people know how you're feeling um, because people can't read our minds.
0: Right. Yeah, guys are terrible. I'm terrible at it. and Guys, guys generally are, horrible. are really bad at it. So <laughs> yes. I'll join that crowd. Uh, out of all the pageant stuff that you've done, is there anything that like of the process, if you were to be in a judge's position and I'm sure one day maybe that's on the cards, what would you change?
1: Hmm. I think interviews should be worth more. Um, If I've learned anything, that's 100% of the job, is speaking and connecting with people. I think interviews should be worth 50% rather than 30, and I do think it's important for judges to do their research. I've met some incredible women who are really bad at resumes, or I've met some not so stellar people who are incredible at resumes. and I think it's important for judges to know if they've actually put in the work or done the things that they said that they've done. And one of the cool things they get to do is Miss Oklahoma is before they crown the next one and before they interview all 50 contestants for Miss Oklahoma is they get to interview me first and what I'm looking for in my successor. And so I'm going to tell them those things. I want someone who's well-spoken, someone who has a heart of service, someone who's had life experience, and most importantly, do your research and make sure that these girls are actually doing the work that they Say that they do
0: yeah and there's so much like I, I mean you are you went against the grain right like you look at yourself versus all the other miss Oklahomas and miss states whatever around, around the country you're kind of the outlier right mm. you're, the, you're the older one you know you I don't, I I mean, again, I'm assuming this, but I assume there's not many people who've come from similar background to you that have won Miss Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, so hopefully that opens up the judge's kind of eyes. Yeah. And, you know, you've been the trailblazer, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of done that. And it's really nice to have that. It's really cool because if someone, you know, maybe not next year, but in the future comes through and you're like, you know, even if you don't even know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if they win. It's just if someone's in, you know, and goes through that process that's, that's had a similar background to you, then you've really made an impact.
1: Definitely. I would love for some of the kids who have gone to their school to be like, I want to be a part of Miss Oklahoma, yeah. too. Um, I think that that's really special. And I hope that I have opened that door and that opportunity for other people to see themselves as a part of this world. Yeah. Because, like I said, I did not when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: Do you ever want to throw a pageant at Western Heights?
1: You know what? That may be the coolest idea. Right. miss Western Heights or like some sort of like sustainable fashion show. I've yeah. thought about that where they get to make clothes out of yeah. old textbooks or something. Uh-huh. Yes, we're doing it. Yeah. Done.
0: And you probably have to do something for the guys too. Whoops. Oh, and absolutely. The guys too. We're breaking everything today. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Yeah. You can't leave the guys out. They have to have like a, I guess, I mean, do, they, do they have a prom? Do they have a kid?
1: They do. Okay, yeah. So there's that.
0: Maybe you could tie that in. Um, most people think of mean girls when they think of <laughs> Exactly, breaking the uh, crown breaking and giving the it crown. to everyone. <laughs> Just yep. It out. Anyway, uh, all right, let's finish up with some fun things about you Perfect. for a little bit. Uh, what music are you
1: into right now? Mm, well, lo-fi, because I hear it every day when the kids come into my room. Um, but I'm a huge Metallica fan. No way. Um, yeah, okay. I, I like rock. I like um, Metallica. I like Audio Slave. Um, I, I don't listen to typical music the pageant girls listen to maybe because I'm burnt out on it Um, I'm not a country music fan I'm so sorry for my Oklahoma people listening I am the worst Miss Oklahoma in that case
0: Uh, what's your favorite Metallica song (sighs)
1: Honestly, Probably the hardest question. You get that, that is the today. hardest question. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of the one because I wanted to sing a Metallica song at Miss Oklahoma, and I was told absolutely
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna resonate. With
1: you if you sing yeah, a like she's song. scary. Honestly, yeah. I can't think of it.
0: Can you play guitar?
1: I cannot. Okay. My dad is amazing at guitar and I cannot play guitar. I'm so sad. I was not gifted with his talents.
0: Time to learn. It's rude. Yeah. That would have been, sick.
1: that'll be my hobby to learn. If
0: you'd have been on, on stage and just riffed out. Playing you know, Metallica.
1: Like I would have won. Me, right. A long 100%. time ago. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Well, what I guess because dad plays guitar, is that kind of what gets you into rock and roll music? Both of my parents. Heavy metal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Love that. Um, all right. What are you, what is your kind of guilty pleasure for food right now?
1: I eat toaster strudels every night before bed. Please yeah. don't. Well, I guess I was gonna say please don't tell everyone that, but <laughs> everyone everyone knows. I don't have to. I uh, yeah. I eat toaster strudels every night. It's like a nostalgic thing for me. Okay. Uh, it makes me feel young at heart. So,
0: where do you get toaster strudels from? and What are the best kind?
1: A Target, and I get the raspberry ones, and I put extra icing on them. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, for anyone listening that wants to make <laughs> your day, raspberry toaster strudels. From my Miss Target. Oklahoma diet. Yeah. Uh, are you a big reader?
1: Um, I love to read. Since I've been teaching, it's been really hard to read because I'm grading so many papers. But I love self-help books and autobiographies. Mm. I've read the Malala's autobiography several times, and I actually started teaching it in my English class. Oh, wow. mm mm-hmm.
0: uh, Are you reading anything right now? I am Park, not.
1: not. I am okay. not.
0: Plenty of time for that, too.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: let's talk about your ideal day. What does your ideal day look like?
1: Oh, I love to be outside. But I my, mean, my
0: ideal day off this is not Yes, like, you know, my ideal day. Teaching.
1: My ideal day is getting to sleep in a little bit. By that, I mean like sleeping till 8 30 or 9, and then taking my dog on a long walk, and then putting her in the car and taking her to get her Starbucks pup cup because she loves those. If I ever come home without a pup cup and I have a Starbucks in my hand, it's game over. She's Ari's, mad. Ari's mad. She's mad. Um, and then coming home and i like to watch youtube videos um like people talking about their lives i'm super nerdy and who's, weird. Your,
0: who's your favorite youtube
1: i don't have a favorite i literally look up self-help or like self-encouragement videos okay. and i just click on them and i just like to watch people through and through yeah. um and then best day would be if i do get to pick up a book and read a book yeah Yes, picking
0: up a book would be a good thing to do in peaceful. And right now it's book reads, soup eating and book reading. It is. Under a blanket with the dog. <laughs> um, so you're going into uh, hopefully do your master's. Yes. Right? Um, because obviously the goal is to one day become a principal. Tell me about kind of like where, where you want to take that and, and, and returning to OU. That's cool, right? You're returning now as a past student, you mm-hmm. have a completely different view on returning to school as well. So tell me about the, um, how excited you want to get back into that and, and just kind of kind of extend your educational career a bit as well.
1: I love to learn. Like, I love it. I have missed school since I've been out of it, which is maybe why I'm a teacher. Um, But I'm kind of deciding right now. I really want to be a principal, but a lot of people that I've talked to about using my scholarship money to get my master's to be a principal have said, you would really miss the kids. They know me well. And so some people at my school have encouraged me to try to um, dive into counseling and taking the school counseling route. And so I'm kind of weighing my options and doing some research there. But I do know... That the scholarships I've obtained through Miss Oklahoma will cover my master's plus some so I plan on using the rest of that to just take Spanish courses okay. so I can better serve my students
0: Do you think there's a PhD in your in your future?
1: I have enough scholarship money for a PhD Sick. Mm-hmm. Dr. Yep. Sunny Day sounds really that good. That sounds right? nice right? That sounds good.
0: Doesn't matter what doctor, doctor <laughs> Exactly. Of anything, doctor of education Yes. Um, yeah I mean obviously you're a lover of learning and, and Spanish would add into that and Clearly there's a need to be bilingual, yes. right? Which is, which is awesome. But what, um, finishing up then, what do we have, you know, you, you hand, you you pass down or hand over, however you call it, your, your crown in June, mm-hmm. June 10th. Yep. What's, what's in the horizon for the next kind of five and a half months?
1: Well, next week I'm going to Altus for a full week. I'm doing a school tour. I will go to eight schools. And then the Miss Altus pageant's happening. So we're closing up our local season. There's two more pageants, Miss Altus and Miss OSU. And then everyone's ready and crowned to be Miss Oklahoma. Um, And I'm going to spend the next few months um, hosting workshops for the girls. Because one of the things that I wish I would have had is like a mentor and workshops to help guide me. So I'm going to do it completely free. And I'm going to do from an English teacher's perspective, talk to the girls about their paperwork and their interviews and how they can excel in that area. And I want to get the girls more involved in community service, so I'm going to host different group community service. I want to do one with the Homeless Alliance, with OKC Team, which is a place I have volunteered for for years now, and the Regional Food Bank, um, to really allow these girls to get to know me and to show them what I believe is the heart of this position.
0: Yeah. One thing I want to talk about, you mentioned, obviously, you're an English teacher. You mentioned journaling earlier. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you really do every day and you take a lot of pride in your journals?
1: Every single day. I bullet journal, so I'll buy a blank journal and I'll make it all fancy and look really cool for myself. Um, and I do self-check-ins. I think it's really cool. Um, I don't read my journal until a week Um a week ahead of time and so um, next week I'll read this week's journal and just really get to reflect on myself because being so busy as Miss Oklahoma and as a full-time teacher as Miss Day I don't get to be as present as I would like and so it's nice for me to get to jot down my feelings my thoughts and to go back on those a week later and to remember the little things that I may have been able to forget
0: yeah no I totally agree and I think it's really important to um, to do that to check in right and to have that awareness for Just, I don't think we do that enough, you Mm -hmm. know, and just to go back, even, you know, and obviously you have those journals for however long you've been journaling, to go back and see that time of your life and see where your mind's at, right, and kind of go through that and see, you know, elements of growth, like, oh, this was a huge focus of mine right now, but... But now I really just don't. That's not, that means nothing to me anymore. Mm-hmm. I, like, exactly. why, why was I so worried about one thing? Whereas, yep. You know, it's it's really cool to do. I encourage a lot of people to journal and and just having a constant reminder. I mean, I even updated my phone and now there's a journal like app mm-hmm. it, which yep. just makes me because yep. again, when you're busy, you never find time to write it down. But exactly, you've got to find your process, so it's easier to just kind of you're already going to be on your phone anyway. Yep. yep. And if you do journal, stuff.
1: keep it and read it yeah. like ten years down the road, and yeah. you're going to see how amazing, and how much you've grown, um, and all the things you've gotten to really experience in life. Life is short and it goes by really fast. So, um, soak it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Finishing up, what is one bucket list thing you want to do in Oklahoma before, um, your time's up?
1: Okay, well, actually, it's funny. One of them was to do something with the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, and apparently I just secured that. So um, I get to do an interactive thing with kids where I get to wear my dress and do autograph cards and sing for them. So I'm excited about that. Um, But one of the things I really want to do in Oklahoma is to continue my work with 988 so i'm gonna um i emailed bonnie yesterday and just to really see how i can be of service i don't know if i would end up being a volunteer at their calls um call site um but i want to be able to get my dad involved in 988 i think it would be really cool for him to get to share his story as well
0: yeah brilliant Mm -hmm. well um miss day thank you so much for coming in thank
1: Thank thank you you for having me yeah
0: thank you so much for sharing some awesome stories um it's just a great example of, you know, hard work and determination and, you know, proving to not only the, the next generation, but the generations older than us that, you know, you can do things. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest message I want people to take away from today is that, like, you kind of have to fall in love with losing. Mm. And it doesn't have to be using the word losing, but failing yep. or, you know, winning is hard, right? Winning is very hard. And a lot of people don't win. But it's been comfortable in, in not winning and learning from those mistakes and learning from those failures, uh, and because yeah, I saw a quote. I think it was this morning, maybe last night. It was like the person who who wins all the championships just failed one more time, mm-hmm. right? Than than or tried one more time than. I'm butchering the quote, but everyone knows what I mean by that. But yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Of course. Uh, for people listening, I'll put your link to your Instagram okay. uh, and. Um, miss oklahoma bio page for you and yeah if anyone wants to reach out they can reach out and um yeah shout out to your kids as well
1: yeah hey guys
0: (laughs) so thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next episode cheers oklahoma business down in el reno they're also in bethany as well so people in the bethany area know the diffies really well but if you're looking for anything new used um ford lincoln or whatever i'm sure they could find anything you want um check them out diffieford.net and then on instagram at diffieford lincoln this episode is presented by citizens bank of edmund citizens bank of edmund has been serving edmund since 1901 they pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond, as well as go bank there, because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think, and it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password, because I seem to forget it daily. Um, So, yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are, too.
1: Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content,
0: follow This is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.